Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Around the NFL podcast is now entering the Gabbard Zone. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Head & Shoulders. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Seltzer to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? How are you? Hey, now. Uh, doing okay. No West today, unfortunately. Um, he's uh, hopefully going to be back with us this weekend. Um, and we hope we, we have him because... This is the divisional round playoffs. First of all, we all know what this is. This is the Crucible. <laughs> the Crucible of the season. And I saw, Greg, don't think I missed your nice uh, Crucible ref. Oh, yeah. A little quarterback piece. Threw that in there. Yeah. Greg wrote a nice quarterback piece, <laughs> uh, scandalous quarterback piece on which playoff quarterback he trusted the most. And uh, here's a little tease. It wasn't Tom Brady. Um, but you dropped a crucible in there, so shout out to Greg. Yeah, wait, w- how scandalous. I got a lot of feedback, you know, how crazy to rank three different Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a certain order that people don't like. Well, like, one, I, only I, ones of the greatest Well, where did he play? Where did Tom Brady Tom play? Brady was second, and Breeze is third, and Ryan's fourth. Be- ben Roethlisberger was first. He's been playing the best right now. We'll get to all You this. can't sell the piece if Brady's number one. That's what, right? Why not? Well, I don't, well, who's going to read it at Brady's no, number that's one? Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Everyone's going to assume that. Point. I don't huh? think. That's, but that's ridiculous. I'm just that's saying. Cynical. That's what I got a lot of that. It's like, ooh, you're trying to like. Sit. It's like, sorry. It's like, sorry, I don't have the exact same opinion as anyone else. First of all, it's not that crazy to say that Ben Roethlisberger is playing at a, at a much higher level over the last seven or eight weeks, and that's basically what I care about. Um, that's it. The cynical viewpoint which I think you were alluding to, Mark, was why write this piece if I just have Tom Brady? I was I assigned this piece. That's not Greg's take. That's not Greg's way. But what is Greg's way? Is because he knows what's probably going to happen next week. It's going to be the big rematch. And Greg does everything in his power internally, and sometimes it comes out <laughs> externally to create a scenario like how the Patriots 
figure it out this time. All these obstacles they face. Oh, and it, the like Ravens, my, the yeah. Chiefs. Oh, like my like my article. What an obstacle for Brady. And it's like, <laughs> if anything, I'm setting myself up for failure because uh, the, the Tom Brady's playing a pretty pretty poor secondary this week, and Ben Roethlisberger is playing one of the best defenses we've passed defenses we've seen yeah. in uh, a decade. It is going to be some really good football, and that was the second part of what I was going to say. This is the best weekend of the year for me in the NFL. Uh, divisional round football. You get usually in a really good year, you get four bangers. I wouldn't go as far as we're saying we're going to get four bangers, but these are going to be some really, really good games. Mm-hmm. And of course, next week we drop down to just two games and then the big uh, solo affair on the first Sunday in February. You never know how the games will play out. I agree. It's not the prettiest divisional round on paper, although it's still very interesting. But last week's wildcard round, I think, didn't look great on paper and ended up being very I can very see three of these games being fantastic. I wouldn't surprise me at all. I would take that. I mean, I just I think even on paper, I don't see just two good I mean, matches. Titans I see Chiefs three. We mocked essentially as one of the you know most low wattage playoff games possible, and I I would say that's one of the better wild card weekend games of my lifetime. Entertaining as hell. Lifetime. I like when you drop lifetime. I mean, it was the it was literally one of the three or four biggest comebacks in NFL history in a spot that I've, in playoff history and surprising I, I never yeah. uh, expected. Uh, it's funny, and we there are no reverse gears in this tank. We keep moving forward, but. That was a great, great game the way it ended, but there was a little bit of a Greek tragedy angle to it where the Chiefs just rolled over and died in the second half. It wasn't like it was going back and forth. Who's going to win this game? It was like right. the sadness. But it was very unique in that the Titans were perfect on all four of their drives, and the Chiefs were as bad as possible, essentially, on their four drives, and that's what it took for it all to happen. You know, I, I can't remember a game quite like that. Go football. Go football. We like go football. And I, I should just say one more thing as we say goodbye to Mitch Holtis, the play-by-play guy for the Chiefs for the year. Um, I was listening to the Chiefs radio call of that game, driving to the Ooh. Coliseum, and the drive happened right at the beginning of the third quarter, right after the crazy Mariota to Mariota touchdown. And even at 21-10 or whatever it was, you could hear it in Holtis's voice in the color guy's voice. They're like, it's so important that we get a first down right. here. We need to, like, that tension, and that's part of the reason why they lose these games. Like, that's within the DNA of this Chiefs, Chiefs organization. I know, yeah. I know yeah. we're going to move forward, but yeah. I, I, I follow a couple of Chiefs fans on Twitter, and they were the same way. After Mariota caught that touchdown to make it 21-10, and everyone's like, oh, here it comes. We're all going to lose this game. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, they were Playing right. the Titans, but you're right. Uh, okay, so yes, divisional round playoffs. We're going to get to uh, the four games, two Saturday, two Sunday, but before we do that, uh, let's do a little bit of news just to catch up on what's going on in the league. All right, let's start in Seattle. Big changes to Pete Carroll's coaching staff. There was concerns or questions. Will Pete Carroll come back for another year during what is going to be a big um, sea change in Seattle? Carroll's coming back, but he's going to have different people around him. Uh, Daryl Bevel, let's start there, the offensive coordinator of the Seahawks. He has been fired, according to Rap Sheet. Uh, this happens after a five-year run for Bevel. Bevel probably, of course, most famous, unfortunately, for Daryl. Um, uh, he was the offensive coordinator on that play call by Russell Wilson on the interception by Malcolm Butler in Super Bowl 49. Uh, but he had a longer run than that and had good moments too. But it seemed like, Greg, the magic just kind of ran out uh, for Bevel this season. Well, the, when you see the same issues year after year and 
Tom Cable, their offensive line coach, which I know you were going to get to, but to me also it, canned, also fired, and to me it's a it's a package deal. When you see the same issues in terms of the offensive line and especially the running game since Marshawn Lynch's uh, best year in 2014, that's three straight years that they really haven't run the ball well. When you see that. Year after year, I think you make a change. Bevel is a Super Bowl champion. I mean, they had some great success. The numbers certainly weren't bad offensively over the last six years. But as a Russell Wilson fan, as a fan of offensive football, I like the idea of a of change here. You're big on fresh starts uh, in the offensive coordinator. These are, uh, these are potential Hall year. of Fame quarterbacks that have been in certain systems. And I think they make the coaches look better than the coaches you know, make them look Well, there's better. whispers that they are talking about Brian Schottenheimer potentially taking that spot. So there's your fresh start. So we'll, we'll, see. we'll see with that. But people need to calm down with the, ooh, Tom Cable, you know, converting sixth round, you know, you know basketball players. No. It's not yeah, worked. No team. And, well, first of all, people are like, they got to start putting some resources in the offensive line. No team has spent more picks and more high picks in the offensive line in the draft than the Seattle Seahawks over the last five years. That's a fact. And it hasn't worked. Um, any connections right yet in terms of who might be taking these jobs? Schottenheimer was was one. I haven't heard any other possibility in terms of the the uh, coordinator. But that's a great job being getting. By the way, Chris Richard good. also will not be back. It sounds like. I mean, he's being allowed to interview, and that's your defensive coordinator. Why? It's kind of new life for Pete Carroll, I guess. I I saw someone say, "Oh, is this a sign? Kind of Carroll's getting ready to." Go and if anything, it's the opposite. I think, I it's think. the opposite. Yeah, right. It's it's him showing. Okay, we need to kind of regroup here. But I'm going to be around. So as the Seattle clears the cupboard, the Packers fill theirs up. It's pretty good. <laughs> that was a pretty good transition. <laughs> the team announced uh, that Joe Philbin, Joey Fibs, Mister Tie Your Shoes, and Don't You Spit My Gum on My Field Turf, uh, is now an offensive coordinator in Green Bay. Uh, is he was the OC before he took the Dolphins job, right? Or, he was to a got him the Packers job. Right. coordinator, yeah. correct? And uh, also, yeah, boy, Mark. Although he's my boy before he's your boy, but I gave him to he's you. He's more currently my boy. Yeah, Mike Pettin is the uh, team's new defensive coordinator. Pettin was the Cleveland Browns coach a couple years back. He got fired after one bad year. Uh, I think he went and coached some high school ball, collected millions from your boys, the Browns, Mark, and now he's ready to get back in the game. And uh, this is a pretty good landing spot for both these men. I think it is. I mean, f- I mean, Philbin shows you that a lot of times, no matter how poorly you uh, fail to execute at a job as an NFL coach, you will find consistently new employment over and over. And they just brought back a guy that they know, Mike McCarthy knows he can work with him. So Maybe not the worst thing. It's not something I don't think it's a hire that like gets the Q rating fired up. When it comes to Petten, I think Petten's defense, obviously similar to Rex Ryan's, is Rex Ryan's defense, which Rex Ryan's defense took a lot of hits in Buffalo in terms of its perspective around it. But I looked at the quarterbacks that Petten's been with. I know you like Mark Sanchez for a couple seasons, but in general, the Mark Sanchez <laughs> experience, yes. Greg McElroy, Tim Tebow, EJ Manuel, Thad Lewis, Jeff Toole, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, Connor Shaw, Josh McCown, and Austin Davis. A defense constantly having to deal with offenses underperforming. Now you put Pettin's defense. I like that you spin this into a hardcore well, rounds discussion. No, yeah. because it's it's Jets quarterbacks too, and it's yeah. Bills quarterbacks. It's bad teams looking for quarterbacks. Right. Now you have Aaron Rodgers in an offense that's going to put defenses into a much better position. It's a good landing spot for any defensive coordinator. His numbers are, have been great over the years. I think you get a lot of the good things of of Rex without you know some of the yeah side <laughs> circus thing. One right? more appointment in Green Bay and this is this is a big one. Um 
Frank Signetti. <laughs> huh. Frank Signetti, P.I., who you last heard was spending two years as the Giants uh, quarterback's coach. Well, things didn't work out so good for the quarterback situation, but I can tell you this, and I will cite an article in the New York Times from late last month, and the headline reads, Crime in New York City plunges to a level not seen since the 1950s. Frank Signetti cleans up the streets. So you're saying Frank Signetti... (laughs) You know, for new listeners to the show, uh, was not only coaching Eli Manning and Geno Smith, but also fighting crime on the streets of New York. He cleans up the streets and takes out the garbage. Bad news for the five boroughs. New York's now in a lot of hot water. You go to Green Bay, not really a crime-ridden city. No, that's true. You think that? Well, no, not now at least. Not with him there. He is going. Although Joe Philbin's heading back there, so he gets pretty wild. He gets really (laughs) wild. Uh, The Panthers, of course, canned. Uh, I keep on saying can. That's a little flip. Um, These guys are going to get paid a ton of cash. They resurface. Uh, But they did part ways with uh, Mike Shula as their offensive coordinator after an extended run. It looks like, unless it's official, fellas, but it's very close to happening. Norv Turner is going to get that job. Greg, I know you like that. I do cautiously like it, and I've seen a lot of eyes rolled on Twitter and negative talks about like, oh, they're going to do a fresh start with Norv Turner. Everyone's bored with Norv Turner. Norv Turner's a solid offensive coordinator. He did. He's done a good job over the years. I'm not. I'm not down on Norv Turner. No, he's a little. Elements of I his offense s- are all over the league. I want to see. I want to see Cam Newton in a in an offense a little more. Tra- maybe not traditional, but I think he can get the running game going, which will certainly help Cam. You get his son Scott Turner as as quarterbacks coach too, and I think it's there. There has to be a lot of element of can Cam Newton or any quarterback get along with the new quarterback's coach. Way. It's a big I think, relationship. I think Norv Turner can help Cam Newton more than a return of Joe Philbin and, and more of the same is going to help Aaron Rodgers. Wait, they got Scott Turner too? <laughs> Scott Turner has gone with Ron, with, with Norv Turner to every role. And and, and, their, and brother, Norv Turner, Ron, was working with the Panthers too. So the entire Turner clan But they got Scott. In, they got Scott. <sighs> big get. In other news, yeah, speaking of big news... Brian Gain, who's bouncing around the NFL, working his way up the ladder for 20 years almost, has now been named the Texans general manager. Looks like he'll be succeeding Rick Smith. Greg didn't want to do this news hit, but I had to put it in there in a shout-out to the coal town, Pearl River, because Brian Gain is a native of Pearl River, the town of friendly people, a hardworking town. He got out. And whenever somebody gets out of my hometown, we praise them. Congratulations, Bri. Once they get out of one of the hundred nicest places to live in the country, according to hey. like Townend style <laughs> magazine. Oh, no. Coal pays well. What can I tell you? It's an industry. It's a booming industry, the coal industry. I don't blame you. It, you know, whenever it's someone from the town. It's a big deal. Do they it's bring... like I, I mentioned that Charlie Casserly coached at Minichog Regional High School in Wilbraham, Mass. as right. often as I can. What a hero. Right, like, and I know you didn't want to do this news item, but, like, say someone from Martha's Vineyard, something good happened. Like, I've never actually a, lived there. A, like a person from Martha's Vineyard, like, I don't know, Barack Obama or Oprah. Like, if something good happened to them, yeah. we talk about that. They're down on their luck, like, luck type. Our, our, our last president yeah. and our next president. <laughs> uh, I know, Dan, you're on, I believe you were on the Pearl River Wikipedia page at one I, point as a I'm, notable 
They might have eliminated. Did they scrub that? They might have scrubbed it, yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. You've only become more powerful since then. I think my aunt added me, and I think maybe (laughs) it didn't make it past the gatekeepers. All right. Um, And finally, because we have so many um, listeners overseas in uh, the UK, the London games were announced, and I'll just read them off real quick. We would like to go to one of these, and I really feel good like it could happen in 2018 without um, promising anything, but Seahawks against Raiders at Tottenham Stadium. Tottenham? What do they call it? The Tot? Tottenham. We got most of our pronunciations wrong on the last show, so let's yeah. just we'll go with that. And then the Eagles and Jags at Wembley uh, in late October, and the Titans and Chargers. I just realized, Greg and I, we have multiple video and television hits are wearing the exact same shirt right now. It happens. <laughs> so good yeah. games. That's a good slate. Good quarterbacks. I'm not a Tottenham fan. I'm a West Ham fan. Everyone knows that, Dan. Yeah, I know that. I know. Uh, I'm a Man City I hope fan. we go to that first one. I like Seahawks. Mad for it. Week six. John Gruden. Give me that one. Pete Carroll. Russell Wilson in a new offense. Derek Carr in a new offense. A lot of big-time quarterbacks with new offense. I have an idea. How about send us, you know, if they're for a week, do a series of shows and cover a game on both sides. There you that, go. That feels a little... A little, little too much? A little beefy. Okay. <laughs> but I, I really, I, I'm really feeling positive. We're going. The vibes that we're going to get to London this year. Or, yes, this year. We'll see what happens. All right. Now, it's time to talk the Crucible. Oh, my goodness. The Crucible. And maybe... Poor girl. Yeah, she didn't make it. Still in chaos. Um, we're down to eight teams, the Elite Eight. I'm going to trademark that. Uh, and we're going to go th- in order, starting with the games on Saturday. And the first game up is the Atlanta Falcons traveling. They are the uh, sixth seed in the NFC. They are traveling to face the first seed Eagles. Oh, my goodness. The Eagles went 13-3, and of course, and are coming off their bye week. But at the end of the day, and I don't want to, uh, Mark, uh, make this too simple because football is an extremely complex sport, but Matt Ryan versus Nick Foles in the Crucible, it just doesn't seem to be pointing in a good direction for the the, uh, NFC champs, East champs. There are other aspects to the Eagles team, and I I really refuse to count them out. I think they have a shot. Um, at this game, absolutely. I do, though. I look. I looked back on a couple of teams that have lost their quarterbacks right before the playoffs or in the playoff picture, and I wonder where this one ranks because you could look at the Raiders losing Carr right before last year's playoff situation. You're done. Bengals lose Andy Dalton 2015, and you can make fun of Andy Dalton all you want. We all know that was an incredible season for him on a very talented team. And the 2014 Cardinals losing Carson Palmer. I wonder where this ranks. For me, it's number one, losing Carson Wentz. This was a bona fide Super Bowl team. Their offense is averaging 100 fewer yards per game. They have completely nosedived in terms of yardage, passing, and their big play offense especially. Nick Foles on the deep pass where Carson Wentz thrives so much has evaporated. So there's so much pressure on this defense carrying a team that used to pound opponents with the run and run much more than they are with Nick Foles right now. It's a completely different offense, obviously. Here's a stat that will frighten you as an Eagles fan, and it it speaks to what Mark was saying uh, with these recent uh, injuries that have killed teams. In the last 20 years, 10 quarterbacks have started a playoff game with three or fewer starts in the regular season. 0-10 in those cases. Cunningham in 97, you remember when they, but the Vikings came back to beat the Giants. I remember watching it with some sad oh, Giants yeah. fans. Uh, that was the last time this situation happened and ended in a victory. So the odds don't stack up well. 
they don't, and the Falcons are the road underdogs. I mean, the road favorites because of it. Uh, but our friend Chris Wesseling, he's not here, but I'll just throw out his pick in this game anyways because he wrote a good preview on NFL.com if you want to check it out, NFL.com slash Wesseling. Nice. You can find all of our writing, you know, just Vanity our, our, URL. our, our, our last names. It. He picked the Eagles. To, to paraphrase basically his argument, they're better up front. Most of the year, we talked about the Eagles' offensive line and defensive line being two of the very best groups in the league, perhaps the best group on each side of the ball. Now Jason Peters is out uh, for the offensive line, but still a big physical offensive line against a very lightweight Falcons front. And then you go on the other side and you look at Matt Ryan, who has played incredible. The more When I went back to watch that, that Rams game, he had to overcome so much. His offensive line played terrible in that game. They were dominated. I think the same was true the week before against the Panthers. Ryan and the offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, should be given credit for adjusting their offense and really thinking, hey, we can't drop back. What are we going to do? Create some plays outside the pocket, uh, have some quick throws, all that. Now they have to go up against the Eagles. That That's a big-time mismatch. I expect the Eagles' defensive line to dominate this game, and that's why I expect this to be a defensive game. I think it will, too. I mean, the the, the Falcons last you know seven or eight weeks are giving up about 17 points a game. So, against really good teams. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you go through the teams they played, yeah. I mean, they've played some of the best offenses in the league. And Wentz, like, I mean, Wentz made everyone around him. He turned Nelson Aguilar into a big play wide receiver. You had, you know, Torrey Smith had totally awoken this season. All these guys, their production has gone through the floor since Foles came in there. And they're just, they're not running the ball the same way they were before either. I think it's just, you're looking at a team that the Eagles need to probably hold the Falcons to about 14, 15, 16 points. I think that's doable. I think it's pot, it'll be tough, but that's doable. To defend Foles a little bit. You know, a lot of stats being thrown out. I mean, he's he's played two complete games, and one of them was good. I mean, that's the, he's played two complete games against he, the Giants. He looked very poor in the in his one quarter of work against the Cowboys. I mean, to the point where just skittish and terrible, and he was really worrisome against the Raiders too in bad weather. But he's played two complete games, and one of them against the Giants, he was fine. I, I don't think it's as big of a drop as some of the ones you mentioned. Certainly not the Raiders to uh, Connor Cook, because I do think Nick Foles, with the coaches around him and the offensive line, and in that Giants game, Alshon Jeffrey made some big catches for him, and Nelson Aguilar, they made him look better. He's got enough players around him to make him look better. Our guy Robert Alford, who we interviewed, after Ooh, Robbie the Rams game played in, when you go back and look yeah. at what he did he in that game crazy. and it was hard for us maybe to notice while the game was happening I did but yeah it, hard for me I was distracted by you know, the crowd people watching <laughs> the refreshments You're like a dog, just yeah. too many things around I mean he, he was a star I, I think it was you know Desmond Trufant not so much um all right I am on a titanic losing streak with my lock of the weeks I think it's 5 in a row <laughs> And it's really? reached the point now. Yeah, it's reached. How have I not passed you? I'm still behind you. Because everyone something. sucks. That's <laughs> And that, it's keeping us. I think, Mark, you have a one-game lead. Uh, oh, so I have tied you. I lost last I, week, I, too, though. I really could have separated in oh, a big spot, and I failed to. And if you just do the math, and I'm not great at math. You know I got a 39 on a state-mandated <laughs> math test in 1996. That's I, crazy. It really did happen. Um, but there are only three weeks of football left. Um, so... One game behind Mark, his magic number is two. Sure. Um, so put it this way. Greg well, and two, I. Two to clinch a tie, I guess. 
Yeah. Right. But that's not exciting. Um, we need to win. It's a must win week almost for yeah. you and I. Yeah. I think motivation, you know, that hasn't been the problem. I don't think it's. Uh, <laughs> no, you, you, you described yourself as tanking a month well, ago. So you've changed your entire philosophy <laughs> team wise, which is, I don't know yeah. if. Yeah. I don't know if my record's gotten any better or worse since tanking. It's been nice and mediocre. <laughs> you surged for a bit. Throughout. Uh, and to that point, I am going to lock up the Atlanta Falcons wow. uh, this week, which well, probably do, means the you, Eagles will win. You don't take the easy ones, that's yeah. for sure. Well, no one. I'm usually I say you got to look in the mirror. If anyone takes the Patriots this week, you don't have any honor. How about at this all. to make this fun? Yeah, because I think this is a coin flip of a game. Are you gonna do it? I'm gonna do lock off lock against off, you. Man. Let's have some fun. Lock on lock. And that I'm gonna give would... you. A, I'm not going to just pick the same team as you and keep you stuck down below me. That's right. that's cowardly. This is a wait. Be. So this you is would, a trifling. So you would have, well, but you could have picked any of the other games if you. No, I, I I think this puts stakes. One of us, either you're going to lose done. to me, or I'm going to lose to you, and we're right back in it. I'm eliminated, right? Well, I'll, you could tie. I could tie still, but I could not win outright. All right. Anyway, but the reason why, all that aside, although that is the key point of this game now, <laughs> is the lockup of Mark and I, uh, is uh, that the Falcons have that eye of the tiger now. I really love the way Matt Ryan looked in that game, uh, the Rams, the way he was making those throws. I think this is the Matt Ryan now that's here to stay. Um, uh, even though I waited 16 weeks on my fantasy team for it, didn't happen. But now he's here, and better uh, late than never. Julio Jones got in the mix in the red zone. And he was like awesome Julio Jones. Week. He had a great game. And no disrespect to Connie Fox or, and all you Eagles fans out there, you will have a brighter tomorrow, I think, because Carson Wentz should come back and be Carson Wentz, and you have a lot of good years. But I just don't think you're going to score a lot of points, and, and a lot of it is about Nick Foles not being very good and the Atlanta Falcons – Defense really peaking right now. So you put those two things together, and I'm I'm looking at, and the Falcons do not score a ton of points this year, so I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I'm looking at a 27 to 10 type win. Mm. I will counter and say I have the Eagles winning over the Falcons about 21 20. I think it's going to be an awesome, strange game. And you, you know, last up week 21 20. Well, I don't. Again, I guess I called it a coin flip game. That's a coin flip game. I'm doing that because that's you. what that's what men do. Fun. They they give each you. other a chance to get back into it. I got a hell of a lot of respect for you, right? All right. Now. Well, that's all I'm looking for here. I I think Jay Ajayi, who was put into absolutely not didn't play at all in week 17. I think they're going to use him a ton. I think they're going to find other ways to win. And this is a team that's been essentially laughed at and counted out since the minute Carson Wentz went down. I think there's a lot of pride on this team. They're playing at home. This doesn't happen often in Philadelphia. I think they're going to show up for this game. And the Falcons, I'm really impressed with what they did the last few weeks, but they are not a perfect team. No, they they aren't. And you look at the Eagles, where do they spend their money? It's on those lines. I mean, Brandon Graham makes a lot of money. He's a great player. Go dominate a game. Vinny Curry makes a lot of money as a come, comes off the bench. Fletcher Cox, uh, who's going to be in the same spot, essentially Aaron Donald was last week, going up against uh, some guards that have struggled for Atlanta. He can change the game. The, the reason I've been so impressed with Ryan is he's – just avoided making any mistakes despite all those pressure. Not only is he making some plays on his own, like there has been recipes for bad sacks, turnovers, anything, and there was nothing close to a bad play like that out of Matt Ryan. He and that's so why clean in that game. I'm not I'm not locking it up or anything, but I am taking uh, the Falcons in a game uh, hmm. that I'm going to be going to on uh, Saturday. Oh, Greg, that's fancy. Two straight Thank weeks. Thank you very much. Here with NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. Oh, no. Oh, no. NFL.com. 
NFL.com. Not giving any TV work. I don't care. NFL.com's isn't this a major ethics violation? Normally, when a when a, an analyst is going to go to the game and he's on some it. sort of pregame show, not allowed to he, pick. He, yeah, right. He has a blank window where you pick a team. Greg has just boldly said, "I'm going to cover a team, and it's probably going to shade mm. my coverage of that, this of this." Affair, that has always right? annoyed me too. It's <laughs> that is like, ridiculous. Um, Jimmy Johnson or somebody in the studio. Well, I'm actually going to be Cotton. at this game, Cotton. So I can pick our, this game. Our picking ability over no. the last couple of weeks yeah. should tell you it means nothing. Not that it matters, right? Collinsworth. They they send out like a uh, a screenshot from PFF's Twitter <laughs> of like their staff picks, so you can find out uh, what uh, Steve Palazzo picked this week. And whenever Collinsworth, who's on their staff, of course, has one of those games, that spot's just empty. It's too much integrity. Hey, yeah, way too yeah, way too much. Not gonna get involved on that. Just a waterfall of integrity. Isn't it crazy? I know we should move on though. Yeah. That. At, like the, the shock and off Falcons offense last year, if this is the team with this kind of Ravens-like recipe or Seahawks-like recipe where it's the defense flying around, where it's tackling, and where it's a field goal kicker who has just been on fire and Matt Bryant in these long field goal drives, what if that's the recipe that gets them their first Super Bowl title? Let's do it. Mm. Uh, it's, it certainly could be. They are rounding into form at the perfect time. Uh, next up, Saturday night. Oh, yeah, they're going to be nice and lubed up at Foxborough, those fans. What's more fun than a Saturday night playoff game, uh, especially when you're, you're, you're playing against a Titans team that, congratulations, a great comeback at Arrowhead. All due respect. You definitely benefited from some things going your way, Travis Kelsey specifically, going out. But I'm not going to take anything away from the Titans. You got that W and all the ghosts. In Arrowhead. Well, calling them the Titans is taking Swarming. something away from Just them. a bit. But as I said, a victory by the Titans in Foxborough will forever, forever eliminate the Titans name, that derogatory uh, description of the Tennessee football franchise from this podcast. This is the opportunity, Titans. But, Greg, you're not going to find a lot of people that think they can do it, including the desert people who are uh, basically seeing this as a game between uh, – Hollywood High and uh, USC. Oh, stop. Well, they're trying to get someone to, you know, someone at home to pick the Titans to try to even Who's out. Who's they? Uh, the, the people in the desert. Oh. You know? Citizens of the desert. And uh, it's not going to happen. People look at this matchup. They're not going to give Tennessee any chance. That makes sense based on the course of their seasons, the course of these two franchises. I think the matchup is great for the Patriots' offense. I think the Titans have gotten a lot of credit for kind of stopping the run in terms of yards per game, but I I really don't think this is a special offense uh, or defense, rather, in Tennessee in any way, shape, or form. And Tom Brady has a great history against Dick LeBeau. I do give the Titans a chance, though, to score some points in this game, to possess the ball, and do something, let's say, in a different fashion like Houston did last year, where midway through the third quarter, you're thinking, wow, this this is a game. I don't think that's crazy to imagine. But, they okay. beat another one of the teams playing this weekend, the Jaguars, twice. The Jets beat the Jaguars, too. I'm just saying, they beat them two weeks ago, and, and we're going to give them credit. We're, right. They won in Kansas City. They've shown some things. This is how it could work. I, I agree with you, because, but you really need Tom Brady to not play well, and that's the reason that why the Texans hung around in that game and really had a chance to steal that, and if you read that Seth Wickersham piece, uh, it bristled, Brady bristled when Belichick just 
teed off on him so to how poorly he played in the divisional playoffs last year, and they got away with it, and then ended up winning the Super Bowl. But if Brady, who has not been Brady, and that's why Greg, you put him below Big Ben, amazingly on your trustworthy rankings, uh, it's because he has not been as good in December. Uh, the question is, Mark, does uh, a bye week and that old postseason magic restore Brady to Tom Brady uh, that we know in the playoffs or at 40 and a half years old after he's taken a beating? Tom Curran, your boy, so he's been flexing his hand a lot. He's got the Achilles injury. Is he just beat up and he's not going to be great in the playoffs just like he wasn't great in December? Well, I mean, I'd, it's a mystery. I, I'd, lo- I'd love to I tell you answer. how this is going to happen. What but do you think I is going to happen? No, I, th- I think what you're going to get is the get ultra, fence, ultra, ultra annoyed Tom Brady, who talking to the Seth Wickersham piece, that thing's just been sitting out there. They haven't played since. And the entire organization has been told, your future is over. There's no, there's no continuity <laughs> here. Belichick can't get along with crap, can't get along with Brady. Do you think they're going to try harder? I well, I know that's I know that 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 you think that's ridiculous, but I think that Brady absolutely after that suspension last year came out like a house of fire. Brady is someone that when you'd go and question his integrity the way that that piece did, I thought it was a great piece. Well written, obviously, but if you're Tom Brady, there were things in it that make you look weak, that make you look petty, that make you look underneath the idea of having to compete with someone behind you that's a younger quarterback. Yes, I do think he'd be pissed off. But there's a big gonna... difference. What? When you cite that um, Deflategate suspension, being pissed off and then lighting the league on fire, that was coming off seven or eight months of rest and preparation. This is a different time of the year. Um, and that's, to me, the big question. Like, is he going to be able to play? Like, even in that game, the Week 17 game against the Jets, where the weather was miserable, so I didn't put too much into it. But he just, he didn't have, he was missing on throws, and that wasn't new. Like, it, Here's what, what I'd say. Whatever you, the conditions you, were. The, the one thing always seems to be true with Tom Brady, and that last game, like the game against the Texans last year had some of this in it, which I think made it close more than Houston's offense, was that if you... Brady is three and four in playoff games when you sack him three plus times. He's eight and nine when the other team has the ball 25 times, when they run the ball 25 plus times. If Derrick Henry, and I think the best thing that happened in this backfield was getting DeMarco Murray out of the picture, you let Derrick Henry be a flow runner like he was. He was dominant last week. If you can keep Brady off the field and you can get a couple of these drives that we've seen the Patriots melt down where it's a three and out and Brady's irritated and he's flinging the ball 10 feet away from a receiver, that's if you want to hang around, it has to be with your own ground game and getting to Brady. Let's go! Patriots defense struggles to get off the field. It is not a good defense. Someone's going to expose it, especially in the front seven. It is not good. I am optimistic that they're going to be healthier after this bye. Chris Hogan looks like he's going to be back in the mix. James White looks like he's going to be back in the mix. These are not insignificant players that were missing for a lot of uh, December. On defense, they had a, a number of players who were banged up as well, including Trey Flowers, who was back. But I think they're, they should be a healthier team. But to your point, Mark, this is not the same Titans team, Titans as you would say, Dan, <laughs> that we saw last year. They made a lot of those changes really in the last couple of weeks, especially week 16 and last week, that we were asking for. Number one, Derrick Henry. Number two, a lot more shotgun and shotgun runs with Derrick Henry. They weren't doing that at all. So it was more of the spread you out, three wide receivers, none of this condensed two tight ends and a fullback. We're going to be 1960s. Even early <laughs> in that game against against the Chiefs, they're playing the hurry up and they're moving the ball. It was a different sort of Mariota and Malarkey offense that we saw. And I 
think that's why we've seen it work a little bit. It was 21-3 at the half. Right. I just want to say, so they played a, a really great half that I think was helped by the Chiefs playing with two hands wrapped around their throats. So I, I honestly, and it makes it seem like I'm taking it away from what I they pulled off. Outplayed, yeah. But I think they really benefited also from their opponent really coming up small in that spot. Now we're talking a different situation to me. I just don't think they have the horses. If they fall down 21 to 3 in this game, there's not going to be a comeback. But it is impressive that they stuck to the ground game, that they got back into the game that way they did. They didn't panic and throw deep shots with no wide receiver help on that team outside of Corey Davis for the most part. And their offense, I think the matchup against the Chiefs defense and the Patriots defense are somewhat similar. Both aren't aren't great. Both don't really have much of a pass rush. And Mariota, the last few weeks, when you give him time, and he had a ton of time in that Chiefs game, he has been using his legs a lot more. He's run more... Uh, on the ground over the last two weeks than any two-game stretch since about the middle of last season. So he's running now. That's what's given the Patriots' defense some trouble. And the front seven, is it's not good. The linebackers aren't fast. Uh, the James Harrison's probably going to be playing as like a prime pass rusher. I would expect him to start. It's just, it's not a great group. I just have no faith in the Titans defense being able to stop Deion Lewis and James White in a screen game. I think that they're just going to. You're not a big Kyle to. Van Noy guy? Kyle Van Noy's back and he's healthy. He, no, he's he helps. Do, do you put any credence into this? He barely played over the last uh, half of the season, and, and he's solid. I know that you have consistently been down on the Patriots' defense, and they are not flawless, but since week five, no team in the league is allowing fewer points per game than New England. Do you put any credence into that, or is that yeah, a throwaway that, certainly. number? Certainly, they, they're coached up well. And they, but they're not, they're they not bend, a pass-rushing team. They, don't bet, they bend, but they don't break. They've got a good secondary. They've played a lot of, a lot of weak teams. Um, one more stat on the Brady Patriots dynasty. This will be their 12th game uh, coming off a first-round bye, which just seems impossible. They're 10-1 and one in those first 11 games. And, Greg, you know the one loss. Sure. From the 2010 uh, Rob Gronkowski rookie year. They've had a bye every year since. Are I you, guess they've won it How cruel of since. you not even to give me credit. Well, the, the New York Jets. <laughs> Jets, Jets <laughs> went into Foxborough. 21 to 14. They got the win. And that was it. 28 21 after. Like 28 21. And by the way, it was 28 14 until the very end. Bill Belichick's 37th career playoff game, breaking a tie with Tom Landry and Don Schuler for the most in the NFL. We're watching the best. I mean, it's not a question to me, and on any level, this is the best coach we will ever watch in our lifetime. It's a great. It's, Why leave the team this year? And it's a great matchup. I, I think the Titans. As much as they've changed their approach, you're going to beat the Patriots by spreading them out and throwing like crazy by getting to the quarterback. I'm not. I don't think the Titans. I know they have a lot of sacks overall, but I don't think they're an intimidating pass rush team. I don't think they can hang. Forty to twenty-four. How about that? Hmm. It's like close after halftime, and then they just thirty-six, thirteen, mm. And why would that was he, like a price of prices right move? I just did <laughs> on you there. I don't even know what that was. Why would he leave? Uh, because reportedly, it's too much ego in that building. And Billy, before he does retire, and he's an older man now, wants to prove that it wasn't just Tom. That would be potentially why. If you won a Super Bowl and the Giants haven't hired a head coach, I will start to get very suspicious. Hmm. It sounds like it's going to be. There's a good chance it'll be Matt Patricia. Uh, uh, so they might not have hired their coach because they're waiting for uh, Bills. Leave it to yeah. Belichick to leave Matt Patricia to take over a fading Patriots team. <laughs> Let's uh, so, move on to so Sunday. Bill, so Bill takes the job <laughs> oh, like, over his own guy. 
what to that get just happens uh, to get out of New England before the whole place. Yeah, goes and then no Matt Patricia, I'd you know, ha- Josh would have the Patriots job. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, book talk time. Oh yeah, everybody loves books. From number one New York Times bestselling author James Rollins, it's a Rollins joint, baby. Comes the thrilling new novel, The Demon Crown. Pay attention. To save mankind's future, the members of Sigma Force must make a devil's bargain. Follow along as they join forces with their most hated enemy to stop an ancient threat, often compared to Clive Cussler and Michael Crichton's best. This book combines real science and history with cutting-edge military action. Oh, my God! I need this book. It's a great place to join in on the wildly successful Sigma Force series, Get started with videos, audio, and more at jamesrollins.com. Oh, yeah, books are great. Uh, Let's move on to Sunday's game, starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who won last week at home against the Bills. Underwhelming, uh, you could say. Maybe the defense did their job, but the offense, again, left a lot to be desired, uh, starting with Blake Bortles. Uh, Now they travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Um, and, Mark, this is a game that for Jacksonville to move on, I, the defense is going to have to deliver a performance that carries the day. There's no there's no other way around it, right? There really isn't. I This game, though, to me, I have been feeling all week like this is the game that a lot of people – I don't think – I think we don't feel this way, but a lot of people just say, oh, you just – it's Blake Bortles. You just put the Steelers right in the AFC Championship. I don't feel that way at all. I just do. I gonna lock it up? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I've already gone down that road. I just, I wonder though, because if you're Blake Bortles, you have to look at the fact that his passer rating is astronomical when Jacksonville has the lead and it dips into nowheresville the minute that they're behind. How do you keep this team with a lead or a tie or within one score? Because if it doesn't happen, that's when these teams, that's when these, like, what well, we saw what happened against the Niners is such a concerning loss because the entire defense lost its composure. And you can't have these, the offense and defense totally infighting and then watching Blake Bortles sell this game down the river. How do you keep Jacksonville on top of a Steelers team that has so many weapons? What are you doing, Blake? I'm selling the game down the river. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, he was bona fide awful for two and a half quarters last week until he started to He rushed for more yards than he threw for, and he threw over 20 passes. And they, his That's confidence insane. looked totally shot to me. Well, they, they played the last two weeks so conservatively. He only threw two passes in the first half of last week's games that traveled over six yards. Like, literally, he only attempted to. So they weren't even really letting him do anything, or he wasn't pulling the trigger on some throws that weren't there. You know, he had the yips with some of those screen passes. Yep. I would think that the pressure is off him a little bit this week. You got that win, Adi Brown. He's capable of having a great game. We've seen it happen with the coaching. I do not think this is a good Steelers pass rush, at least the way they played late in the season. I think the way you attack the Steelers is by throwing the ball quite a bit. Artie Burns is banged up in this game. The secondary isn't great, and that's... It's a big-time question because I think the way you do beat the Steelers is being aggressive. If you just give it over to Leonard Fournette and, and what's been an underratedly poor Jaguars offensive line to try to win that battle, it's not going to happen. I think you're playing into Steelers fans. you got to go in there being aggressive. Let Blake try to win it for you. and just If it doesn't oh work, God. if it doesn't work, so be it. That You're in the divisional round. You know you made it further than anyone expected. That's, you can run on Pittsburgh yeah. a little bit better since Ryan Shazier's been out. I mean, it's true. It, 
I Leonard Fournette had one, I thought, one drive where he looked really good last week. And the rest of the game, they didn't really I think have he's a presence. He's a little the better the last two weeks than his numbers show. He was banged up certainly a few weeks back. Uh, but I think their their offensive line in, in Bortles, um, it should be mentioned when with Bortles' struggle, their offensive line has quietly been pretty pretty poor to watch. This this Bortles thing, the criticism towards Bortles has, and I wrote about this on on the website today. Um, it's really bordering on phenomenon status now to me that it's become open season for opposing players, not even even if they're not playing him in that week, to come out and say Blake Bortles is terrible. Use him as an example. Like if And Mark, I know you're a big Office fan. Remember when Andy Bernard tried to get, um, oh, he really shrewded it going uh, to Michael Scott when he was yes. trying to curry favor with his boss? Like, like You don't want to pull a Bortles, and that means you don't want to be a bad quarterback. The latest guy to come out is Titan safety Kevin Byard, who's, again, not playing Blake Bortles this week, but in discussion with the Associated Press, um, about the Titans matchup against the Patriots. He had this to say, this is a playoff game, so I don't really care if it was Joe Montana. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to go out there and win the game. I want to make, make him look like Blake Bortles if I can uh, and throw a couple of picks. Like, that's Bortles' like You don't angle. see that with other, other quarterbacks. And, and the there's, Titans, a of, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks the out there. Titans especially love to pick on Bortles. They did take care of him. A right. Of but, I mean, Cl- Jadavian Clowney, Earl yeah. Thomas, Cameron Jordan, Vontae's perfect. They've all wow. come after him. And I think that you, you say there's not a lot of pressure on him because they got the win. I think there's a ton of pressure on him. I think he's playing for his spot on the roster, potentially, with the Jaguars in this game. If he goes down in flames and Bortles it, and, and throws three or four picks, and they get blown out. Don't you think Tom Coughlin's going to act and find somebody new to lead a team that's this close to being a championship caliber team? One hundred percent. You're right. There's a lot of pressure. I think okay, I, I will say right. like, you convinced me. It's it's gone into Her cousins starting week one. For sure. The I mean, they'll find they'll, they're, there's it's an attractive place team. for a quarterback to go, so they won't have to convince someone the same way another bad team would. They're a great team. I think like it's gotten to so such a mean spirited level with Blake Bortles. That I almost I'm rooting for him. I would love to see him knock this team out. I mean, I love. I think it'd be a great storyline to sh- to shove it in everyone's face. It's t- it's it, when this thing hits a tipping point and one person is taking this kind of abuse. Right. It's you're playing a sport. I'm with you, and I agree with you, and I think that, and that's the good news for Bortles. Even though he's facing a big challenge here, and he maybe is not the most gifted thrower of a football, like he has a chance to fix things and, and, and put, put a stop to this. If he can go up to Heinz Field and throw the ball around and do well, it just isn't going to happen. It feels like a long shot based on what we've seen the last yeah. few weeks. It's crazy because all of this comes after the best stretch of his career when we were talking about him and the kind of like, wow, Blake Bortles has finally fixed it. And it, it is that's like a fascinating side of the ball that I feel like no one's really been talking about this week because the other side is primetime. I mean, that, this is the most talented offense in football, what I think is the best offense in football, especially that Antonio Brown is back. He's, he's reportedly looking good in practice. He's definitely playing. We'll see if he's 100%. Even if he's not, his presence makes a huge difference uh, against Jalen Ramsey or A.J. Boye just to take their attention away against one of the most talented defenses we've seen in forever. This Jaguars defense it doesn't need to blitz often because it's got such great players up front. Malik Jackson, Unique Ngakwe, Clayus Campbell had some great plays last week. But when they do blitz, they're the most effective blitzing team in the league in terms of getting the opposing quarterback down. So they, they're so tough to defend. But all year, I've thought that this is the Steelers' time. But shouldn't we that point this- out 
the last time the Steelers played the Jaguars, Roethlisberger yeah. threw five interceptions, and the Jaguars walked to a win. Now, that was a long time ago now. I think that was week five, like I said. Yep. Um, but you bring up a good point, and I think that that is uh, the matchup between Brown and Juju, who led all receiver tandems this year. Can't believe I lost that sandwich prop, even even though I had the Steelers. Mm. <laughs> Blew that one. Angry. But, yeah, Brown and Juju against Ramsey and Boye. Like, that is... Prime and Aaron time. Colvin in the slot. Here, here's why I think the Jet, the Steelers will be fine because I think you're going to have Bryant and and Brown on the outside. And okay, maybe the best cornerback duo in the league limits them a little bit. But what did the 49ers do against the Jaguars? It was all over the middle to their tight ends, to their slot receiver, to their running backs, to their fullbacks. Throw it to everyone else. You can put Juju in the slot. You can certainly put Antonio Brown in the slot, too. Someone will travel with him. I think Juju is going to have a monster game because he'll avoid some of those cornerbacks. I think Vance McDonald, who's been quietly playing very well, is going to have a monster game. Le'Veon Bell could be lining up as a receiver a little more often in this game. I do think they move the ball. I thought it's the Steelers' time all year. Mm -hmm. It's just their time Uh and the talent's all there. And yes. that's why I'm going to lock it up. Oh. Greg is going to win this locks thing. Why I can is that? feel it. I can just feel it. That would be it. epic. I can feel it. I, I mean, I did pick the Chiefs last week. I went. I picked the worst <laughs> possible. It's not like I'm on a roll here. I, went, I picked like a monster. Now, none of us are. It's a, that lost. I mean, you know, I, it's easy to say, oh, that week five game has no meaning. And, and it's, it's a long time ago. So I, I get it. But that the Jacksonville defense hasn't changed. And what's great about... The Steelers, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, that hasn't changed. Antonio, it has, though. They're better on offense. But then, then so to the think? point, Antonio Brown had 157 yards and 10 catches when they played that game. I really don't think we game. should assume Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. Right. We'll have to see. I think they're a more we'll complete see. offense now. That's why I like him so I think Juju is also where he was in Week 5. I think he had like 60 yards in that yeah. game. Like He is a star now. They somehow found probably the replacement for Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown ultimately goes. They Who's keep your finding pick, these Mark? dudes. Steelers, 20. Jags, 17. Oh, I thought you were taking the Jaguars. good football. I think it's going to be a great game. I think Pittsburgh is going to be humble to some degree, but they're going to get out of it. Um, And and Jim Nance, this week, try not to sound so surprised and excited when Blake Bortles completes a 15-yard pass. You would have thought... You would have thought he had just won the Super Bowl. It was almost. I thought Tony Romo it was almost was, condescending. He was like, yeah. and Bartles completes it down the field." And that Tony was like, Romo that was just a out. normal first down, right? For anyone like else. Tony Romo's like, "I'm a quarterback who was critiqued heavily for various aspects of my career." He was doing his best to lift Blake Bortles up, and there's some point where you just can't do it on every play. Uh, where is Tony going to be this weekend? He'll be. I think he's at the Patriots game. Am I no. wrong? Uh, no, he's at this game. He's at this game. Interesting. Um. I got the Steelers. I'm with you that I feel this could be a weird one, Mark. And would I be stunned if the Jags weird. were playing the Patriots in the AFC title game? It's w- stranger things have happened. I am going though. I'm going to go though with um, it's a tough one. Thirty-one to fourteen Steelers in a game that's closer than that. But Bortles will Bortles gets out of hand at the maybe end. Maybe a pick six or something okay. at the end. So they ended up winning handily, final score. But it plays a little tighter than that. All right. Did you pick your game? I did. Picked the uh, Steelers 20 to 17 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Good weekend of football. <laughs> good weekend of football. <laughs> Finally, uh, the Sunday late game. And Greg, you're going to be back for the podcast on Sunday, right? Oh, yeah. I'll be here watching this game uh, with you guys, and I'll be back I was in the say, office. You better be back because the old Zeuser, the people at Redkin reached out to the old Zeuser 
uh, my hair product, and they said, "You're you're supportive us over the years." This is a true story. This is real. <laughs> um, we've really appreciated it, and we wanted to fly you out to New York and put you up in a hotel uh, and attend our rebranding launch party. And uh, old Daddy Zeuser said, "Hey." It's about a podcast. You know, in Good Will Hunting. Well, you only would have missed this show. Hands are in the morning. You know, in Good Will Hunting, when you're like, oh, why are you leaving? It's about a girl. It's about a podcast. So. Behind the scenes, I was telling you to go. I thought I said, it's one show. We can get someone in here to host. show would you miss, too? I would have missed the title game preview show because it was the party in Manhattan. Which is, by the way, I'm from New York. Could have seen family. Would have been really I, I, nice. I told you to go. Um, Could expand your circle. Well, my fear was I was going to miss it for this party uh, for hair product, and then be stuck in JFK in a blizzard on Saturday. <laughs> and uh, and Greg would have been like, oh, you're not professional." I was going to get wow. hit, Greg. I didn't say anything, but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, just my presence makes you loom large over Dan's dreams. <laughs> hey, yeah, by the way, ske- people who make uh, Enya's albums. Feel free to send me some Enya albums and send me to her party. I've been propping this thing up that's dead beast for like five years. Who's listening to Enya still? People who make Enya Whatever. albums? You mean Enya? Enya's, well, Enya's produced? You're not getting, you're not, her record label? You're not, you're not getting letters from the factory workers that produce hair gel. You're getting it from the PR people. You want to be saying, flown to an Enya concert? Absolutely. I bet someone out absolutely. there listening can, can someone, someone make it happen. Is Enya God's actively sakes. touring? Let's look this up. Let's make See it happen. we can make it happen. But Dan, if How about a, uh, she lives in a castle, I heard. I'm not kidding. She does. She's Irish. Yeah. All rich Irish people have castles. It's a true story. Why can't we go there? If um, <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> if if you want to take this professionalism thing yeah. to the next step, the next step is you do all of this, but you don't even make a big deal about it, about yourself on the podcast calling yeah. attention. You just, you just, that's what the professional, the, the strong but silent type. Yeah, but this that's is, not this, what is I do. this is entertaining to me. get into the, we like to hear yeah, about the, ex- and you were going to produce this, we were going to, we were going to have a call with you yeah. from the event. Yes. I think it would have been an incredible segment to call to a Redkin hair gel event where right. you're the, you were, you going to give a speech? Uh, no, they just wanted me to come in and enjoy the party. That's all they wanted. You still until, have time to say yes. I mean, you had it. He was going to until the ghost of Rosenthal passed <laughs> came on his. How show about podcast it. listeners? We'll put a little. We should put a little thing up there and say yes or no. Should Dan well, go to this? Of course, they're going to say yes. Well, I mean, they yeah. want you to have fun, enjoy okay. your life. Hey, you know, you really have to take the podcast seriously. How can you not go? You're crazy. We all take it pretty seriously. Well, it's it's because of my um, unprecedented levels of professionalism. That's the reason for all this. Of course. Okay. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> I wish I could go that. Would have been a lot of fun. I told her, I said, listen, if you have another one of these parties. Which Emily is had crazy, to have been a small factor in this. Uh, no, she was all up for it. She was, was cool. It? She was even like, oh, can I come too? Um, but it's not going to happen. I'll be right here in this studio. Final game Sunday, <laughs> 4.40 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Oh, yeah. Do you notice the particularly morose Dan on the next (laughs) podcast? (laughs) Like, why am I here? And this will be the Joe Buck-Troy Aikman special, and you know those playoff beards are going to be Got an Instagram like from Troy Aikman yesterday. Congratulations. I love Troy Aikman. It's a big moment in my career. You do love Troy. Yeah. Um, Yes, the 11-5 Saints who won the NFC South against the 13-3 Vikings. I should say 12-5 Saints now. But 13-3 Vikings coming off a bye in their building, Greg, this is, to me, um, all these games are hard to pick besides the one up in New England. But this one, to me, is really the toss-up. I still, even as we speak now, 
I really don't know who I think is going to win this game. What are you thinking about this game? This is a great match. I think it's the, the best game of the week. The sauciest game is up last. And I think the winner of this game is going to be the NFC favorite to go to the Super Bowl. So that adds even a little more juice. A mm-hmm. great rematch of one of the great NFC title games uh, of our lifetime. Not that just about any of those players are left except for Drew Brees and uh, the punter. Thomas Moore said, I think kind of like <laughs> AFC to answer your question, when when the Saints have the ball here, to me, that is best on best in terms of coaching, in terms of a great quarterback uh, against a really talented secondary, uh, a, a pair of running backs who have historically been better than any running back tandem in history against uh, a group of linebackers, including Eric Kendricks as fast and as smart and Anthony Barr as, as any group in the league. And then a great defensive line for the Vikings who has really dominated all year against an offensive line for the saints who has just been coached up great and is playing so strong like that. This is playoff football. I mean, this is like the two, two of the best groups in the entire league hammering each other for 60 minutes. The Vikings have allowed the least yardage of any team to running backs, and that's through the ground and through the air, which is a big factor for the Saints. They haven't allowed, they've allowed six touchdowns to wide receivers all year, and they've only allowed, I believe, one wideout to have more than 60 yards in a game. So strength on strength it is. Yep. Really? In the last five games, in the last month plus. Well, still, that's amazing. That's that's where they are right now. It's incredible. And it's like, I just wonder, though, because what we saw the Panthers do and it worked and it didn't work. They went in, they sold out to stop Kamara and Ingram. And it worked, but then they got flamed through the air. This is a different defense. If you're Mike Zimmer, what's the game plan? What are you telling people this week? Here's what we must do. Is it the same thing? Because you got a much better defensive backfield. Hmm. Who do you erase? Because there's a lot to deal with with the Saints. I mean, Michael Thomas, the, maybe the most underrated wide receiver in the league right now. They didn't travel Xavier Rhodes with Thomas in week one, which feels... Like, these teams were very different back then. But that is the matchup I would expect to happen in this game. He's been doing that more down the stretch. And Thomas is the kind of receiver where he doesn't need to be open for Breeze to throw it. He Breeze just trusts him. I mean, Breeze is still probably the best in the league at timing and anticipation, of throwing the ball, like, way before the receivers make uh, their moves. And Thomas, to me, is kind of the... For a second-year player, he's just so mature and being you know, being around their team briefly last week, but just talking to some people, like you got the sense that he is really respected for his competitiveness and his leadership and his toughness for such a young kid. We we talk about, and not just we, but the football cognoscenti, talk about Tom Brady endlessly about his enduring um, greatness, and we don't talk about Drew Brees as much. Next week he'll turn 39, like you were saying with those anticip- uh, an- anticipated throws and his accuracy l- literally better than ever. He just set the NFL record. Has there been any slippage in Drew Brees' game? And and if not, if he's still Drew Brees, how can they not be? And this is where I'm trying to pick this game. It's like mm. if Drew Brees is playing at his apex still and you have this incredible running game and all these playmakers on defense, the Saints feel so set up for wow. a run uh, to the Super Bowl. And they played very well last week. That's why I really do like the Saints in this game. And Breeze is a major part of it because he looked so good and in control last week. Oh, my God. He was so good in that game. Absolutely no slippage last week from Drew Breeze. He looked vintage Drew Breeze, I thought. Even his interception was great. It's like when you have a great girlfriend or a great wife. And the one thing you have to be careful of is to not take that for granted. Like, Breeze is so good 
that we don't talk about them that much because we just expect what we get every week. And incredible, what we're watching. Suddenly, you're is, like, "Hey, we're going out tonight." You know, put yeah. on your nice dress, and she comes out, and like, "Wow!" You're like, going on? Yeah. "Wow, wow, <laughs> wow!" Well, you know, it should be, <laughs> wow, you, you should value that, and we should value what we're getting from. Vavoom! No, you're. <laughs> Does a man still say that? <laughs> I mean, Vavoom. He's the most efficient quarterback in the league in terms of yards. You know, adjusted yards per attempt. The reason why. Uh, I don't think they're the favorite. And I was thinking hard about locking up the Vikings in this game. And if I was out in the desert, I think the Vikings are a good pick in this game because they're very surprisingly slight favorites. A lot of people are like you. They, mm. they see this as pronouns a t- uh, like Dan, and they think this is a toss up game. I don't think it's a toss up game because the Saints D is not impressive. They're sagging. They're starting a guy, George Johnson, who they just signed off the street a couple weeks ago. They have no pass rush whatsoever. Their front seven, kind of like the Patriots, with the exception, and it's a big one, of Cameron Jordan, is not impressive at all. Manti Teo has not played well the last couple weeks. Jameis Winston went up and down the field on them. The Panthers, whose offense stunk for about a month before they played the you know, Saints got 400 yards and 26 first downs. I, they had a really bad time communicating last week in the secondary. A lot of wide open receivers, including a couple that Cam Newton never saw, which could have changed uh, the game. And I think that's a tough team to play against the Minnesota Vikings and Pat Shermer, who does a lot to confuse you. And I could see a lot of confusion mm. in what's kind of a young secondary for the Saints. And I could see the Vikings offense playing very, very and, well. Yeah, and what about a great like, case? Yeah, I mean, Jarek McKinnon, you, had, you saw what Christian McCaffrey did down the stretch last week. Running backs are able to catch the ball and get yards against this defense. I, the one thing, Cam Jordan took that game over he in did. the final He's quarter. He's capable of doing it. That's what I wonder. I feel like that's a huge X factor against a not a bad, but not a great offensive line for the Vikings. The one game where they were injured where Case Keenum got train wrecked against the Panthers because they did have injuries, but you took him, Cam, you took him out with six sacks. The Vikings were not the same offense. It's been forever since we saw them play or even play a good team. I mean, they won their last three games, 73 to 17 against three cupcakes. They're going to beat that um, stadium is going to be. And, they, and then they had a week off. So it's been a while since they played anyone, but I don't, you know, that's not their fault that they're may- up on cupcakes. It's a great home field advantage. I think we were in general agreement, or maybe you said the saints, Greg, but that this Vikings team might have the best home field advantage uh, left in the playoffs. That, that building is going to be going insane. And it has, and then they have all these things working in their favor. You do get a little nervous. Huge for the this Saints to play indoors. And Wes made that point. They're a different team indoors, and I yes. think that really helps the Saints out. The Vikings right. have some baggage. Yes. Team, think of the 1998 Vikings. The crowd. The crowd. I mean, everything going in their direction that year too. And then, and then Gary Anderson got them. Think of. Uh, the Brett Favre interception in New Orleans. I know that was on the road. That was different. Think of uh, the kicker. The game they dominated. It really should have won the Vikings that year. Who's the Favre. kicker uh, that missed the kick in Seattle? Oh, no, it was Blair in Walsh. Minnesota. Blair Walsh and outside Lots of missed that kickers. kick. Kai Forbath, who we all know about Kai. You just you take him for what, he's, what he is. Kai's Kai. Kai's Kai. Uh, he's actually answering questions this week from the media. I don't pay attention to the Vikings' historic kicker woes in the playoffs. Well, it's already in his head now. I just so I get a little nervous, and my friend Greg back in uh, Pearl River, the cold town, is a huge Vikings fan, and, and he's confident. He's always confident. But there is that creeping feeling that mm. bad things happen to the Vikings this time of year. 
So that's my only fear that something that's terrible could happen. Yeah, Orbat I would... was about 11 years old when that game happened. He might have been watching that on TV. Kyle well, was no. still Kyle. You're right, and I think the one great thing about the Saints is I don't think they're going to be scared at all. You saw it when Sean Payton went for it on that fourth down play. That was one of the ballsier calls in, in recent history when they're calling blitzes late in that game against Cam. They are a cocky team. They got the bonk gang back in the secondary. You got, you know, they're breaking out brooms. You got Sean Payton dance craze is sweeping the nation. Did we get that cleared right Lizzie? now? I mean, it's a it's a cocky like we're gonna just take your lunch type of team who I think is gonna be playing. You have Sean Payton staring at opposing players and doing the throat slit maneuver. You know, he's also sort of an a hole potentially. Uh, we whoa, have, whoa, whoa, wait whoa. a second. We have he's right. I don't, um, he's and they have playoff experience. Sean they Payton. Do. Yes, they do. I love. The I don't think he's gonna be in afraid this, in this spot. Sean Payton has a song by a local rapper that is off the charts. Awesome. <laughs> this dude is just dropping. Bars related to Sean Payton exclusively, and all the Saints players love the song. We try to get it cleared. We're still trying to contact the the guy. What's his name, Lindsay? Let's give him a shout out. I think it's Shamar Allen. Yep, that's it. Shamar Allen. Yeah, maybe you should just sing it since we can't play the actual song. You should mm. just try and like sing it. Just to I don't drop bars. Yeah. Do the Sean Payton. Yeah, it's do the <laughs> Sean Payton. So let's keep working on that. Clearance. A little bit better than do the Mark Sanchez, a song from a few years ago. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the deal, the Mark Sanchez. Um, Lindsay, if you could uh, have that ready for Sunday, uh, come hell or high water, even if they mm. travel to New Orleans to get the clearance rights, that would be great. All right, let's pick this game. Oh, man, I still don't know what to do, but I'll throw it to you first, Mark. I believe in this Vikings team. This is going to be a classic. I have this an overtime game where Minnesota wins 27-24. to 24. No one pick, My four-bath. Nobody picks more overtime games. I want overtime games. This is the time. We're enough with this. I think it's going to be a really fun offensive game. Vikings win 31-23. to 23. I'm going to – I'll go the other way. I think Kai might be Kai uh, in a bad way. It could be something like that. Or the Saints – just are the better team, and they edge the Vikings 27-24 in a great game. But it could go either way. That this game, I do not have a strong feeling on it. Doesn't everyone seems to? Say, it could go either way. This one, right? Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, good game, good football game. Vikings um, have been better. Vikings, uh, Vic, man, if they lost this game, you're right. You just got me thinking about that poor fan base if they lost this game. And by the way, Mark, you um, you were talking about the wife, and you got to appreciate your wife. That's important. Maybe it's, the most important thing. It's a key item. I typed in on Google loving things to say to your wife. We'll just give you guys a few. Okay. Lindsay, this is what you're, you're in the market for a man. This is. I don't know about that. This, well, you're single. We'll put it there. This is stuff. It's you in the want. market for like Yankee candles. You know <laughs> exactly. That. Shout out to Yankee Candle. I need, need someone to help me with those UK exclusives. Look at her getting the plug in. Um, this is what you want a man to say to you when it's time, when you're actually in the market. Oh you ready? Gosh. I've never been more in love with you. That's good. Also, when you're when you could go home and say that to to Emily, that would go over very well. Yeah. If I had to do my life all over, I wouldn't change a thing. It's a good one. What, I don't want to hear the response. What to website that. is this? It's chode.com. Familyshare.com. This one's a little weird, and it's number two on the list. You smell so good. It's a little weird. Girls like that. Go take a nap. I'll do something with the kids that doesn't involve cartoons or video games. I do. I don't say that last part of the sentence, but that is my move. I often will give like a three quarters of Saturday off. 
If you're listening go to Simone, a, you know it's much closer to one third of Saturday. Condescending. Why don't you do it? <laughs> go take a nap. Why, why don't you do it with your time what you choose to? That right. No, you have to sleep. Please, go, you have go to have go to your sleep, morning. But I'm not right. tired. I just woke up. <laughs> go to sleep. Here's one. This one's one from like thirty thousand feet. What are your life goals? How can we accomplish them? What, what is that's, this? Are these like two good. robots that are in love? That's good. What are your life goals? How may we accomplish them? And finally, Mark, this is you. You're a God fearing man. I thank God every day that capitalized he put you in my life. I, I think that works with certain women. Preferably, right. you know, one's own. All right. That's the uh, Thursday edition of what a way to finish. <laughs> I don't know. Podcast. It's like a, what an odd, you know. We will be back on Sunday night uh, with uh, our flagship program where we break down all of these games in detail, often imitated, never duplicated. So come back for that. Uh, and check us out on NFL Pick'em this weekend. Uh, and uh, that's it. Stan Hansen signing off for a quiet storm. The old boss, Lindsay Fulton. She's thirsty for those candles. Come on, some. Till Sunday. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 